Hi, and welcome to Telepathic TV. This is television that you watch with your third eye. And I'm, as always, R. Neville Johnston. R. He's a pirate. And I'm Mary Phelan. And Arr. our show is about raising our consciousness. And tonight we're going to talk about the topic of personalities, which is, in a way, an extension of what we were talking about last week. But before we get to that, we'll do our usual Mayan. And this will be coming up shortly. It happens to be 12 Imix, the 12th tone uh, Red Tribe, and I'm 12th tone Red Tribe. Mary's also uh, Red Tribe. Our, we're both Tribe Ben, and the guide tribe today has been. Yeah, so we're sparkling and, and effervescent. Yes. But actually, Imix is the birth, the tribe of birth. So it's birthing a cooperation of form. And that means. Yeah. In order for us to really progress, it's, it's, we have to get to the place where we can be harmonizing with the group around us, and it's not just about us. And so, so we're guiding. The code is, I dedicate an order to nurture universalizing being, which is very much part of the theme of tonight's show. I seal the input of birth with the crystal tone of cooperation. I'm guided by the power of space. So as coded as that is, and believe me, those words have different meanings once you've studied Mayan, uh, even in straight English, that does uh, describe very well the sure. day today. And it communicates the energy of it. You can feel it intuitively when you think about it. Absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> so. Well, the topic being personalities, one, one thing that I've noticed about personalities is that it's something that we acquire in order to get positive feedback. For instance, if we're always helping our friends with their homework and doing these sorts of things, we get this positive feedback. And so we incorporate that in, in part of our personality, even if that's not really who we are. Our personality as it stands today, each of us, is to some extent or some degree formed by validation and non-validation. And so the, the whole key of being happy or key to being happy is to be able to be who you really are instead of who you think others wish you to be. And well, it really is something that begins as a small, small child. You get frowns and you get smiles. Yeah, and, and to find yourself enough to not really listen to this feedback that we get our whole life, the brain uncultivated will base itself on its history. In other words, if this didn't work before, then we are convinced it won't work now and therefore create it not working because that is the principle we're taught, but it's very inaccurate because reality does exactly what you tell it to and almost no one understands that. I've spent a lifetime. I've I've decided that, and I'll just be quiet about it, and then that will happen. But if I say, any, I've decided that, then everyone will go, oh, no, you don't know anything. There has to be all these other stipulations in it. No, you, the reality is what you tell it to be. Mm -hmm. And that's what people don't understand about the decision-making process, and so get lost in this. But the point about personalities is that everyone has one. Well, no, that's not true. I've no. met a few people, honestly. <laughs> Everyone has one, and? They were just puppets. <laughs> and no two are alike. That's true. And no two can be alike, yet we, the human race, seem to be invested in 
getting other people to have our personality. In other words, um, we have this sense of right and wrong that we template over everything, and mm -hmm. this is good and this is bad, mm -hmm. and that's a ridiculously poor way to think. Uh, because other people are not going to see it that way, and that's the point, that other people don't see it that way. So well, our personality is about allowing other people to be who they are. Well, that, that's definitely something that, and uh, we're going to talk of, about that, I mean, it's, as a whole topic, because it is so important. Um, the idea, too, about how we formulate our personality. I, I even remember being in school, sixth, seventh, eighth grade, somewhere around there, and talking with girlfriends and saying, oh, she's got such a good personality, everybody likes her. And, and I could see people attempting to be like somebody they admired because they think, oh, that's going to get me that love and approval. And it is astounding how much of our personality is based on that. And if you were to really look at this in your life, how much of what you do or your perspective on things is, is based on what other people are going to approve of. And then I think as we get older, I remember my mother telling me, oh, after you reach 30, you're going to be uh, a lot happier. Life gets better. And then she goes, after 40, even better, and after 50. And it's true. Life does get better and better because we become more and more who we really are. We can't uphold those fictional things any longer. Well, I think Ringo Starr said it really well when he said, uh, oh, um, they're going to make me a big star and all I have to do is act naturally. And that's what we don't understand. We get this, this, there is this impostering, this idea that if we are like someone else, we will lead a better life. And it's not true. If we are like ourselves, mm -hmm. then we will lead a better life. Exactly. And so this is exactly loaded backwards. And the result of that is very poor. The result of that is that people are constantly attempting to be something they're not. And it's like we're a race of chame chameleons because, um, you know, oh, wait, the background is plaid. Just a moment. Uh, got it now. Don't I look natural? You know, and that's, that's what's going on all the time. Get in the cubicle. Oh, yeah, okay, I'm cubicle shaped now and I'm, I'm cubicle colored. Well, what else might I possibly do here? Act like you're in a cubicle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah uh, well, geez. Well, Osho was pointing yourself. out that, that our personality, and I definitely agree with this, our personality is something that we put on. It's like this article of clothing, and we, we wish to be communicated as this or that. And so we put this on to appear that way. But then we've got to go through all this elaborate work to maintain it. And we talked last week about the idea of an ego, whatever our definition of that. I feel that that's what people are referring to, is this imperative to keep this artificial construct called our personality alive yeah. and, and fed. And it takes a lot of time. And we have to keep borders to protect it. And then we got to feed the little policemen that are guarding it. And it's our whole life just becomes maintaining this artificial thing. And I think we all have had friends that you can just say anything to. And you can be honest. And you could even say, no, that dress really doesn't look good on you if that's something that's uh, what you wishing to say to them and it feels comfortable and then all the people that you're walking on eggshells and you're reading them and saying oh no what do I have to do to keep this artificial face that I have up there there and that I have to maintain it in order to be safe all right you're laughing so well, did I say no, something it, funny? It, no not you it just reminded me of the um, Geico ad where 
the guy asked, is Abraham Lincoln honest? Yeah. <laughs> and I, so no one remembers how that ad ends, right? He goes, she says, does my rear end look big? And he goes, uh, and he thinks and thinks, and he goes, uh, a little. And then she storms off. Right, yeah. So that's, that's very much to the point there about the idea of the personality. And that is what's missing in us, we the humans on this planet at this time, is that it's okay to be what we are, even if that isn't what it could be, mm -hmm. because there's no such thing as what it could be. There is only what it am. Yeah. I got that correctly. Okay, so going, walking around being am, yeah. Uh, it'll catch on in a few hundred well, years. Well, uh, speaking of Geico commercials, there was another one that I think is, it, it's kind of an interesting one. A guy goes to his therapist, and he, the therapist is an ex-drill sergeant. And so he says, I'm upset. And he said, there you go, you pansy. And he threw Kleenex, cry baby, and stuff like that. Yeah. But, yeah. It, but it's uh, just on the topic that you had um, started to talk about Abraham earlier. Lincoln. Uh, no, the one where we're expecting other people to be like us. Yeah. We've gotten so homogenized. We watch TV, everybody on TV except for us, you know, regular TV or the other kind of TV that's sponsored by people. TV. It, you can tell there's like two or three plastic surgeons, and you can see every movie star goes to one of these three. They, have, they keep replicating the same type of look that was successful. Everybody's got the same breast implants. And you really can't tell people apart. It's just this place yeah see what I mean his blonde hair and his <laughs> his cute little nose and his breast implants now it's like you walk up to a crowd of people in Hollywood let's say and they all look identical I was watching British television a couple of years back and I told Neville I said look I noticed what is so different about this is that everybody looks different everybody's got their own unique style their own look and that's acceptable Nowadays, it's not acceptable. People are buying breast implants for graduation gifts and things like that. And that it's, it's just more acceptable to be artificial than it is to be real. And it's almost frightening. People are, are starting to look monster-like to me on TV. So I just watch British sitcoms all the time because at least <laughs> then things are real. But it is true. Oh, there we are. Okay. What uh, the, is going on there? I was waiting for a shot oh, to do that. If, if you want to rewind the tape, you'll see that we were talking about breast implants and how everyone. I think has our director them. did that on purpose, Neville. No, <laughs> no, that's Donnie. I'm be. just joking. <laughs> All right. Oh, Geico. That's it. Geico. They end every commercial by calling you a moron. Save moron insurance. Every one of them ends by calling you a moron, and nobody hears that. Well, they do now. Yes, they do now. Think Geico's going to change? No, it works perfectly, because that's the entire setup we've been set up in, if we wanted to use the word set up to describe the programming that's gone on in this planet. Well, we're gonna you are easily convinced that you are a moron, because that's been going on since grade school. And no matter what you just bought, someone says to you, you moron, you could have had it over there for less. It's like Evian and, is and naive backwards. Yeah, and this, this calling you a moron at the end of the Geico ad immediately snaps you asleep. And, and you spend the next 15 seconds, did they say? 
saving money at Geico because a lizard told me to do this? A lizard with a British accent, although I think he was really from New Zealand. All right, we're back now. Hi, Colin. Yes, we're a call-in show. Well, call in if you have a question or an answer. Well, there was a somebody had said this one time. Uh, I'm not sure if it was Drunvalo, but it's if you live in fear, the outside creates the inside. Yeah. If you live in love, the inside creates the outside, mm -hmm. and that's really what we have to get to. <clears throat> we don't have to, but what what is the optimum thing to get to in order to be really happy is to be authentic. And one of the things that really has to happen for, I know I keep saying have to, but I'm passionate about this, is accepting each other. I realize that every single one of us has some irritating traits and that everybody is expecting each other to be perfect, to, oh, this person talks too much, this person doesn't talk enough, this person is negative, this person is whatever. I, I hear comments just all the time, just in, in life. and, and People have a hard time with each other, and it seems to be more and more difficult for individuals to get along. And I know part of that is the changeover from being um, codependent to independent, and so that we're not just, oh, yes, 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 and uh, kissing up to people just because of, we're fearful. But another part of it is we're just not accepting. When I was a kid, we had eccentric people in the neighborhood. Like the one neighbor lady who was mean, and if your ball went in her yard, she'd come take it and not give it back to you. Well, you just knew to stay away from her. And then the person down the street that was really nice. We had a lot of different personality types, and I think yeah. they were more authentic then. Now everybody has to be this superman, supermom, doing this. Supermodel. Yeah, supermodels. Well, you know, you remember the Amish. I'm certain this brings and them the up. And the Amish, too. And the Amish as well. And they have the rum springer which is where rum just springs out of the ground and you drink it and then wander off into fallen world or whatever they call it so that you can decide that you're really Amish and like almonds I suppose that means so that you will come back into the fold and be okay with no um, flat screen TV and no uh, well electricity and none of the other modern attributes and we don't really have anything like a rumspringer from this side. In other words, I can't wander off into the Amish and go, hi, I'd, I'd like to be Amish for a year or so to see if I want that lifestyle. Well, you're not in the club because you keep calling it different things. Whoever those people are. Okay. And, or I can't wander off and, and live as a jungle-dwelling Filipino for you know, a year to see if I like that, or not the ones that live in cities. You know, the okay. idea of of trying out other cultures, trying out other yes. things. We just really don't have, we don't have, some colleges will send you to a foreign culture for three quarters of your <laughs> senior year. Foreign culture? Yes, like the ghetto or, uh, you know, wherever that foreign culture might be. I'm just saying we don't have the opportunity to experience anything other than no, you're right. the you're world right. that we're in. And it would be nice if, uh, pardon the word if, it will be nice when it is possible to sign up to go be um, well, a Greek peasant for, if they still have them, well, for a year. Well, they do do um, foreign exchange students and things yeah, like that. But, but I, mean, I think that a lot of other cultures, that we're all becoming more oneness, especially where we are here, the melting pot, so to speak, of 
so many different cultures. I love that. I think I would just get so incredibly bored just being in one type of a, a location. But we, I mean, just in our row of townhouses, we have people from all over the world, from France, yeah. from Jamaica, They're from all on India. Rumspringa. They're going to go back. To yeah. Yeah. From Mexico. Literally every townhouse is from a different country. And I love that. I, I think that's wonderful. We have to get back to ourselves in order yeah. for us to really all collectively move in another location. And the thing is, is when we're not really living our authentic life, we're not going to match up with others and really create new things. All we are going to do is walk with others into an artificial direction. And so step number one is to start looking and recognizing who you really are rather than saying, oh, I, um, I don't know the traits that you pick up because everyone likes. Oh, you drive everybody to the airport, or you're the one that always bakes the cookies, or you're the one that does all the work and stays late at work every, every day. We don't make positive changes in our life and changes that are really healthy for us often because we're so afraid to release that identity, that personality identity. And because we've built that, it's like the house of cards. It gets us the maximum amount of love in our lives. And so if we change, we, we say we wish to change and not work so late and do all this and have people take advantage of us, but that identity, that personality, and all the benefits that we think we're reaping from that keeps us from growing and changing. So it has to be okay to be who we are, and it has to be okay to lose the people that are now cemented to our artificial identities. Well, you've heard of the A-type personality yes. and the B-type personality. And I'd like to introduce the, the X-type personality uh, and alternately the Z-type personality. And that's the place from which you give up really having a personality in a certain way. The persona, okay, as we say, the persona, the persona is the result of uh, the training that we've had. We are uh, nothing other than chameleon-like. I don't know how many people saw the Woody Allen picture where he um, uh, was the chameleon, and I don't remember the name of the picture, but th they threw him in the uh, back of a paddy wagon with six, um, uh, t t t t I forget the name of, Orthodox Jewish men. Okay, and when they pulled him out of there, he had the whiskers and the hair. Yeah. Yes, thank you. So we have a research team here at uh, Channel FBA. Rick is our research uh, department. Named Rick, yes, the research department. And so he just completely adapted to whatever you threw him into. And it was a very interesting study. It was on a very deep level that nobody's really quite acquainted with because that's who we are and that's who we've been our entire life. And so if we're... Dick from Third Rock from the Sun did that too. Yeah. It's like whatever he was studying, he would just become that. Well, anybody studying anything becomes it. There's this whole mm -hmm. idea that if you go to medical school, yep. you're going to get that. psychosomatic appendicitis about the end of third year, and a percent of them decide to remove their own appendix. How hard could that be? You know, a little local and, and just mm -hmm. whip the little sucker right. You know, dink. So the idea that we have developed by adapting to this ever increasing pressure to become something that we're not. And then Ringo Starr's quote that I started the show with about all you got to do is act naturally. If we could all just be who it is we are, 
but none of us have any idea who it is we are. That's the thing. We don't that's, know that. That's my point. So, yeah. So then this leads us to the idea of discovering that the chattery little mind that most of us think we are, you know, that's going on all day about how we're not good enough and all of the things that we have to do and how everybody's opinion of me is more important than my opinion of me and this entire chattering nonsense, uh, if we, when we get to the point that we decide to distance ourselves from that, and if you can right now distance yourself from what's going on in your mind, no, 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 is it the mind? Eh? Okay, put the mind over there, over there. Okay, now look at the mind over there and the mind is going wee, 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 wee. Okay. Now, if you're looking at your mind over there going wee, 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 you have separated you from your mind. Yeah, you know, um, that's... And I was, just let me, okay. So once you've separated you, once you have separated you from your mind, then you can recognize your mind as one part of you. See, that's what's not going on in our society. Nobody separates themselves from this noise that goes on in their head. We're all the noise. That's who we are. You can go out on the street and, and you can get anyone to make noise right in front of you. Once you separate yourself to the point that you can see that that's the noise and this is me, then the question becomes, well, no questions. Once you are the I am, then you can come from a completely different place. Okay. Um, yeah, I agree with that. I was just going to do, before we move on from there, uh, if you say I am a, you don't say I am a brain, you say you, I have a brain. And this is something that I teach in the classes that I do on this subject here. And if you say right now, I am a brain, it doesn't sound like that makes sense. If you All say I a have a brain, it's like, okay, well, where is that part of you that said I have a brain? And you identify with that. And um, something else that, that I do to help, just along the lines of what you're talking about, is to see my thoughts. It's not even like a brain. It's thoughts blow through this larger consciousness. It's not really like we're even trapped in a brain thinking. See yourself as the vast blue sky. And all the thoughts that come by are clouds. And they move. They're just little clouds that come by. Any worry that you have, any doubt, any anything, if you look at it that way and identify with the blue sky is, is another technique Rather for doing that. Rather than the cloud, yeah. And another um, technique that I talk about in the psychic development class is listening to your solar plexus. Mm -hmm. When you put your hand over your solar plexus and just imagine your perception point, which is right now looking out of your eyes, imagine it looking out of your solar plexus, what it would see in the room. Imagine that and you start getting a feel for that environment. And then you think a thought, like eating Mexican food or eating Chinese food, and you notice how that energy shifts and changes. And then you move up to your heart and do the same thing. Put your consciousness in your heart, look around, and then think of something. Have you been deciding whether to leave your marriage or get a new job? You Find your neutral point and then think of that and see what the energy of your heart is telling you. Then you move up to your mind. We are very familiar with the mind. That's a real clear thing, which we usually default strictly to the mind when we're making our decisions. 
And the mind doesn't wish to make the decisions by itself. It's not equipped to really look into the future. It knows right now. And then you move up to a place right above your head. You move your perception point there. And from there, you see all of these. You can hold all of them. And it really changes the way you think. Because your gut may know what's really fundamental about keeping you safe and what's true and honest. And your heart may have a whole different view. And something I noticed today in the psychic development class I was teaching this afternoon, we were doing the experiment with Chinese and Mexican food. And we did the solar plexus. And the, the solar plexus will tell you, oh, yeah, this is good for me and make me feel better, and this doesn't. And then we moved to the heart, and I realized that we were having ne like uh, down feelings about certain food because there was an emotional connection to that type of food or a happy one. So each part of you does have a perspective, your gut, your heart, and your mind. And you create the higher part that includes all things. And then you get a bigger picture, and then you can listen to all those points of view. Because you do have emotional connections to things as well. It's not just the mind. Am I saying something wrong? Oh, no. Or no, I just was, oh. um, I actually got to the point in meditation where I, I did this separating and was observing the mind. And uh, so the mind was, I could put the mind somewhere else. The mind is one of the tools of consciousness. By the way, if anybody wanted to call in with the other tools of consciousness, which is not necessarily, you would say, the heart, not necessarily what I'm talking about, other tools of consciousness besides the brain. Anyhow, I actually managed to get to the point for the first time in my life that I could look through my eyes but not using my brain to do it. Mm -hmm. And that opened a vista for me that I was um, tagged on to the idea that if, if you can just picture your brain over there chattering away, and then you realize that if I'm picturing my brain over there chattering away, I am over here looking at that so I'm no longer yes. so strictly Same identified thing. with the mind. Yeah, mm -hmm. I know. And then the idea of uh, once that's over there, then actually having your consciousness, which is what's going on, your consciousness is seeing the brain do that, then um, having your consciousness look through your eyes, you would be able to see interdimensionally in a very different way. Absolutely. And that's, yeah, so that's we're saying what, the uh, same thing. That's what channeling and yeah. mediumship does and, and all that. Exactly, yeah. yeah, and that was the particular technique by which I found I think that's my brilliant. version of it. Yeah, so the idea of... Um, each of us having this authority to do this, mm -hmm. but having no idea that we spend all day long um, with nothing other than the brain. And, and I've, you know, you would not walk well, around all day long with a, an electric drill. You would, when the job was done, you would put it down, but the brain you never put down. You're gonna use your brain fine if you wanna well, solve a problem or balance checkbook or you know, whatever well, that, that is that yeah. you might do with your mind, but you don't stop it, you don't turn it off well, and just allow actually, yourself to be, then you're probably saying, you know, yeah, this well, is I'm very just, much I just wanted to share some things uh, yeah, also because I teach this uh, in well, many yeah, different ways. So I just wish to show. share. I yeah. just wish to share some things. Sure. Um, because I think this is a really good um, point that you're making. We do. And our heart actually has neuro yeah. uh, peptides, uh, neuro connectors, and brain peptides. The heart and so does the gut. Right. And they have finally proven, this is something that I was testing my own theories for many years, 
but there is a nerve that goes from your heart to your brain and that makes your decisions first. Whenever anything comes, ice cream there, ah, and I make a decision, the heart sends the, the command to the brain, then the brain says, okay, I will go along with that, we will do this, or, or it, uh, it nays or it, it and, and, and it yeah. doubts it or says no yeah. to it. So, so my point being, is that you can have feelings like let's say the motorcycle guy rides into town your heart is feeling like yes ooh i love him i can change him this is this is my this is my project your gut's going oh and you and if you pay attention and you ask all of these facets you're going to start getting into a more holistic balanced uh, way of using your brain, utilizing your brain. As yeah. we've said, the brain is good at certain things, well, but it doesn't know other things. You and have then to you be may your ask own project. You have to be your own project as soon as you think somebody out there is your project. No, no, no. I, I, I didn't agree with that. I'm just talking yeah. about the points of view. I was just yeah, creating yeah. like different points of view. That, that true, true. let's say you really want to go to Miami on vacation and your heart really wants to go but your solar plexus is saying oh no money and or whatever the brain's saying no money yeah. and the solar plexus is picking up on on uh, it may not be good to go there or something and we just get that in a cacophony of impressions but if we do pan up and look from a higher place we can see all these different perspectives and make better decisions yeah mm -hmm. and each of us is capable of uh, being an independent Peace. Uh, how do we say that's a modem? Each of us is capable of being whole, capable of being connected, capable of all these things, and yet we don't, as a general rule, do anything mm -hmm. like that. We find ourselves surrounded by all of these projects and never regarding ourselves as either worthy of being considered to be a project you know, and, and so we spend the whole lifetime working on everything other than us, mm -hmm. and that, that is another byproduct of the, this brain phenomenon that we've been talking about the last few weeks, where the noise in the brain is uberalis in our thinking. You know, I must first listen to this chattering noise of what I could have done, or what I um, could be doing, or what could happen, as opposed to anything like, oh, everything's cool. Everything is all right. As far as I can tell, cool is one of the biggest words there is in language. And I don't mean absence of heat. I mean uh, keeping yourself from being adversely affected, being cool, what Fonzie had a lot of, the idea of not being swept away by controversy every moment of the, the day. And that whole controversy is the noise that goes on in the mind. So. The character Fonzie, not Henry Winkler necessarily, um, would have been someone who was either subpar in that he didn't think so much, or somebody that was way over par that he had uh, this concept of just being cool with everything and therefore not swept off of his own balance point by everything all the time. And we spend a lifetime being, when was the last time any of us was? directly centered on our balance point. Well, We it, didn't know we had one. How are we supposed to be there? Well, you brought up um, something earlier, the form of, uh, or just meditation, what yeah. it tends to do. If you think about this, back in 
I don't know, maybe even 75 years ago, 100 years ago. Oh my God. Many people were farmers or we did some kind of an action. We wove rugs, we, we picked crops, whatever it was. And the thinking involved probably was hooking up the plow to the ox and getting all that straight, figuring out what you're going to do, which field you're going to plow that day. And the whole rest of the day is meditation. You walk behind the plow, mm -hmm. you do things, actions, it takes the brain, and if you probably, if you were to measure the brain waves during that kind of thing, it's this very peaceful state. And that's what we're designed to do. But now you can't even watch TV without being, people running onto the screen and advertising another show, stuff coming up at the top, um, warnings, uh, stock market quotes down here. And we have way too much expectation on ourselves and each other to keep ourselves focused and, and the brain type of thing constantly. And that's why I think that exercise that I've shown on the show many times, where you stare straight ahead, relax your gaze, and let everything in the room become in your mind. Like I can see you, I can see the monitor, the three cameras, that, people that are here, everybody standing behind the cameras, I can see the lights. And if you practice that for a while, you'll start expanding your scope. Staring straight ahead, you'll be able to see more and more. And util that utilizes your broad view which activates both hemispheres of the brain equally. Whereas what we're used to doing is focusing on one thing in the room. And you can even feel the difference when you relax your gaze and when you focus on things. We have way too many things that are causing the brain to, to have to be uh, anchored constantly yes. in a state of focus or it's dangerous, quote yeah. unquote. It's very interesting because you would surmise that something like driving where you're just driving and you know the route, there's no mystery of the map it's very or following. Meditative. Yeah, it's very meditative. But the irony of it is that you can be with uh, t no warning whatsoever, exploded into road rage over, well, nothing. Um, you know, something with uh, caused your attention to leave the bigger picture that was the meditation that driving is potentially. Uh, to a much smaller picture of this guy cut in front of me mm -hmm. or, you know, whatever it is that sets you off. Uh, and that's because there is such, a, at this point in the average mind, um, such a backlog of undigested bits, you know, where uh, nobody's taught to, um, like I, I managed to do a very good job of vanishing a file that I worked on for like three hours and I turned it on and off and it was simply gone. I mean, just gone. And um, I wouldn't normally even mention it to another human being forever for the rest of my life because it was entertainment, because I chose it, because this was something that I'm bigger than, because this is something I could command to exist if I really desired to do that, because I have mad computer skills. Thousands of reasons why I would never even bother to say it. And the only reason I'm bringing it up is that it's digestible. I didn't have to break the electronic system in my body because this, it surprised me, but it didn't shatter the, the electronic connection within well, me so that this didn't become an undigested bit that was waiting behind my eyeballs to leap at someone. A and the average person has got a, a 15 million unresolved pieces of nonsense they've had to put up with and they're just waiting to volcano. Well, that's exactly it and that's the work I do with people because yeah. everything in your life that you feel out of control with or sad or upset about 
If you're reacting, there's something in the past. All war is based on the past, period. It's all something from before. Now, uh, something about road rage, and you said, it, you said it very well, but something I would like to add to that is it's really a matter of an authority issue. When you're out there on the road and you don't feel like you can even spend enough time with your family because both people in the household are working 12-hour days, you got to get the kids to soccer, then everything out there looks like a big they. It's this big they that's preventing you from getting there, that's causing problems in your life, and they're standing between you and where you wish to be. And it's all a matter of projecting your authority outside of you and seeing everything outside of you as this big collective force that's trying to harm you. And so when you get your authority back into your center, then you can relax and also seeing the blessing in things. I remember being tied up in traffic. I was in a hurry, quote unquote. And I said, OK, what's the blessing in me being right there? And I looked around, and I saw the most beautiful color of azalea bush. It was something I'd never seen before or since. And I said, oh, thank you. And everything is a blessing and comes to us for purpose. And if we look for that, instead of throwing the authority into somebody else's hand, it's this maniac that just cut me off, that's trying to make me late, and he's the bad guy. We well, don't get so angry. And they also did a study that when you bump into somebody, and you make eye contact with them, it's almost always, oh, sorry, excuse me, because you get the real picture. When you're behind a piece of metal and you don't have that eye contact, because sometimes you pull out in front of somebody, you didn't mean any harm by it, and it's not an intentional thing. So assume that everybody in the world is on your side just for one day and see what happens. Just pretend. Yeah, it's very important that we recognize our own doing in everything that happens in our life. There's nothing, that's what it was, the, maybe the second thought I had when the file was, oh, that was my idea. Yep, and why did I do this? <laughs> Definitely entertainment was the next thought. I mean, come on, that's entertaining. <laughs> it is. You know, et cetera, well, et cetera. So I don't have to go too. through that experience again and again and again so that I can not have to have it externally metabolized that I can say, oh, well, that was that, and, and not even think or speak any more about it, that it just is snow on the water because it's a, one of the choices I've made in life, that I don't have to ripple the water even. Well, so that, and, you can and we also, don't. This is where we just go on and on and on well, about this stuff, and it's, and it's just not necessary. It's, well, and I know that you've been doing very good work with that, I understand. No, 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 no. What I'm saying is you could also have a message from that. To me, if I lose a piece of information, another thing you can do, besides dismissing it and letting it go, which is an extremely powerful tool, and thank you for sharing that with us all, because I agree with that. Another thing is you can look at the message. You can say, okay, what was the text of that? Maybe that was a letter to your mother-in-law telling her that you've had enough. We've all had those emails that we write, and then all of a sudden they don't send. It's like every email sends, and then this one doesn't. I always take that as a message that, oh, let me reread this. There's something else. And every time I do, I look at it and say, that really didn't sound the way I was looking for it to sound. If I lose a piece of text, then that's my, uh, a message from my higher self to say, why don't you rethink that? Or do you believe that? Or do you feel your voice on this subject is being lost out in the cosmos and people well, aren't hearing I, you? I definitely agree. But I, um, this is an amusing planet we live on, and I really think this 
planet in particular belongs in Guinness, and I, I can do a lot to um, I think it's make a that point place. of view really interesting. Nonetheless, extremes, it would go into Guinness for extremes. All right, so I'm walking along, and I happen to walk past one of these electronic doors, and the door opens. Does that mean that the universe wants me to go in there? Is that what that means? Is that what that means? That would be for you to say now. Well, of course that's for me to say, and that's my whole point about it. We have this trigger thing that gets set off by, but we're never in command of it. It looks like, you know, if I say, all right, I'm going to pick up a, a packet of sugar, and I happen to pick up two packets of sugar, does that mean the universe wants me to have two packets of sugar? Does that what that means? You know, and Look, so I mean, there's no reason... To I, get angry I just, or anything. I'm, I'm just saying the messages, it would be for you to say if that's exactly, not the message. Exactly, that's my point. It's but for looking me to say. opens up new things. Right, and I just wanted to tout that as the superstitious mind at work when we feel that something happens that we weren't consciously creating. Does that mean that we're being steered by this universe instead of us being who's doing the steering? I don't know. I, oh, I, I do. I, it is us who's still doing the steering. We listen, are always doing the steering. Of course. Yes. Of course. And yeah. what I know is ev in writing, they say anything in a story when you're doing your editing, they, uh, you, you ask yourself, does this further the plot? And if yeah. not, you kick it out. And then exactly. you've got a clean story. We've all yeah. read those stories, those novels that are kind of boring because they have all this extraneous side trips that take you nowhere. Well, our life, there is nothing in your life that's not part of furthering your plot. And that doesn't mean you have to eat the sugar if you pick up two. And, and that kind of thing is, is, is a very everyday thing. I'm talking about those things that just open up and things that are easy and you walk in that direction. And then you tap into your own self and you answer it. I know well, superstitious yeah. people think, oh, I really want to eat two sugars and I'm not really supposed to, so I'm going to accidentally pick up two and say the universe must want me to do this. Now, exactly. I get your point, but yeah, that's yeah. such a, no, a minute little the same sliver thing, here. Though. We are but both I do, do not the wish same to thing. discourage people from examining your life because I, I tell you, everything that occurs to you has this bigger, higher message if you look for it. It's not a matter of we walking on a certain thing. path. Yeah. It's a matter of expanding your eyes to see all the messages. When I am in that mode, when I'm looking for the messages, I tell you, Neville, it's like living a miracle every second. And I get messages, and I change myself, and I grow, and it's really fun. Uh, I'm not talking I'm, I'm about I'm just saying, we, yeah, I know. I just wanted to alert people to the idea that we don't have to be the slaves of well, anything our, our, anymore. Yeah, and our spirit guides don't tell us what to do. I've, oh, I've no, heard people you say, spirit my spirit guide guides told me not to go to your party, or my spirit guides are playing jokes on me and hiding things. From, yeah, no, no, that's, that's no. just so out of it. I'm, I'm with you on that. Yeah, and that was the point that I'm making. And we're both making very valid points. This is by our command. The entire I, of the world is done by us. Our reality is completely according to our own making. And speaking of reality. I didn't hear dun, anything dun, yet. Dun. Wait. Fine. Okay. Oh, there quack, we go. Quack.
Marilyn Monroe is dangling the duck tonight. <laughs> okay. I got intention, and I would like to upgrade that to decision because yes. we can intend things, but they never come to pass. But we, if we decide, they always do. What word did you get? Thank you, I got Stephanie. sisterhood and brotherhood. That's Stephanie. Sisterhood which is and sisterhood and brotherhood, which is another of the myths in a certain way that we've had imposed upon us because as much as we'd love to believe men and women are opposite, and that is the commonly held belief, the men and women have much more in common than the one idea of the opposite gender. Both people want to be in charge. Both people want to make decisions without consulting the other. Both people want to, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Both men and women, you know, desire to be the leader. And, and others sometimes don't, don't want to be the... I don't think everybody is like that. I think uh, different people have that in different proportions. And the more people work together, the less that happens. It's usually when people don't wish to work together. And that's a topic for another show. And how yeah, to get two independent Well, there are no, identities no two personalities that are all alike, and I agree with that as a correct answer. And there is also the idea that human beings either seek to be dominated or seek to dominate, which is another concept. Well, I think when, when one believes in that realm, that's really what, what all happens. That's the whole thing. It's really what it, whatever you believe. And if we believe yes. that we can all be our unique selves and be respectful of each other, then that will happen too. Yes, it, it's there not are many, many correct answers. There are many, many well, we have correct call. answers. Yes. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hi, Mary Neville. Uh, th this is Greg. I, Greg. I, I normally don't call <laughs> two weeks in a row, but... No, you don't. Not normally. Well, not normally, but tomorrow happens to be my birthday. So happy birthday to be. Happy birthday to, to me, and thank you for another year of your show in, in my life. Oh, thank and you of for course, being Mary, yeah. I, I, I'm hoping maybe I can get my birthday reading, if, if birthday you Birthday reading. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So, Mary and Neville, uh, I, I'll just say I appreciate you. Oh, we well, appreciate thanks, you too. Yeah, it's been so many years. We've yes, it's Thank great. you for calling in. Yeah, and absolutely. And happy birthday. Yeah. Okay, the first card. It's a little over 200, I heard. Yeah, we've been on for 200 years, so. <laughs> okay. Since and before TV. Okay, we are the world. You can see each person. And this is the perfect card, Greg. This is something that tells me that you are so in the flow. Because this is the card, if I were to pick one out of the deck to relate to what we're talking about tonight. Each of us is our own unique color. We take up the same amount of space, meaning we're all equal, but yet we're all completely unique in the dance that we have. And you came here to really be different and to make a unique impact, like we all did, but you came with the conscious awareness of this. And sometimes that can make you feel like you, I, I don't know, sometimes uh, like you, you may feel that you're off your path or you're not connecting in certain ways. And every time you feel like that, just know that you are, because you're here to forage new ground, and that's what you're doing. And once you know that, you can just coast. Knowing that we design the river, we don't have to fight the currents. When we think the currents are against us and it's some external authority that's forcing us, then we have to swim against it and we never really get anywhere. And I feel you're coming to a realization that if you just relax and, and connect with the part of you that designed the river, you're going to always live in a state of peace. The slowing down card is saying that there was a sense of urgency that you used to have that is not here now, and I think that's wonderful. 
because that sense of urgency to be somewhere you're not is the whole source of us being unhappy. And that when we no longer have to be anywhere other than where we are, either mentally, physically, emotionally, or spiritually, that is bliss. And that is what everyone seeks. And so that's the lesson of this year. So thank you. Reminds me, I took someone to a shapeshifter world, and they complained that other people made them take the form they were in. All of that's very self-explanatory, I believe, at okay. this point. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hi, this is uh, Renee. Hi, Renee. Renee. What can we do for you? Um, I was just calling to get a tarot card reading. Okay. Be happy to. All right. All right. And the first card we have is the rebirth. This is a beautiful card. It talks about the school days, our youth, when we're led around and told what to do, and then we rebel against that, and we become powerful. And, but that involves a lot of roaring and, and making our point known, and it gets very exhausting. And then we get to the place where we just speak, and we are who we are. And I feel like you've been through some things in your life that, that have maybe shaped you in a certain way. And what that does, what it's calling to you right now, and we might want to just disconnect the call and she can listen offline, is that if she's in possible, because there's a lot of feedback in here, but I'm not sure if it's going out over the airwaves. The second card is receptivity. If you look at this person, they're not listening with their head, they're listening with that lotus blossom and their arms are open and receptive. And this card can talk about looking for or receiving help from unlikely places and just be open to things coming your way and not feeling guilty. Sometimes when really exciting things happen to us and we leave friends behind, like go off to a different college and they're staying behind, we start feeling bad. This is not the time to feel guilty about the wonderful things that are coming into your life, but embrace them fully and gratefully, and then more will come. So thank you. Thank you. Th thanks. Okay. All right. So are you, um, I'm going to be teaching at uh, Sticks and Stones on Tuesdays, I believe, the Merkaba. Merkaba. Are you, you're continuing? I don't have anything set up yet. Don't have anything set up at Probably the moment. Probably will. Yeah. We're working on that. And uh, just to complete it, we have, we have another phone call. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hi, this is Edith. Hi, Edith. Edith I was thinking about you today. Now oh, I know no. why. Uh, you know, I have, I have two things. Um, I've had a lot of trouble focusing lately. I've been sort of practicing um, whenever my mind wanders, sort of coming back into the present. And I've noticed that That's good. I, I tend to, my mind tends to wander quite a bit. And I think it's, it's sort of interfering with um, me trying to build my mediumship. Mm -hmm. And the, the second issue, I'd like a, a reading also, but I'd just like your thoughts on um, the focusing issue. And I'm going to hang up. Okay. Well, it's uh, very normal what you're talking about. The untrained mind just wonders. Some people go through many lifetimes in a row never once having the idea of um, any form of mental discipline. And so just that, it is, that you have thought of it this way uh, puts you light years beyond uh, so many of us. And the idea of um, resetting your mind, resetting your focus, is something that is the beginning of mastery and maybe more than one lifetime before you get to the point that you can actually command 
consciously well, command things much more so than we do uh, already. Well, one thing I would like to comment about that, I, I take a very different approach to the chattering mind than most people do. I feel our mind chatters and that's its job. It does whatever. And the more I fight with it, the more I resist it, the louder it gets. And so I actually teach an exercise in the psychic development that makes you very acutely aware of what is a chattering mind. The chattering mind comments, has a running commentary on this huge stream of consciousness that's going through you. That is all the information that you're looking for, mediumship, why, psychically, everything going on around you. And it, com it has a commentary. The more you engage with it to try to shut it up, it's like putting the miner's hat in a dark room. You're illuminating it. Just to be quiet, Go, get in the dark, get in the dark, but you're shining a light on it. What I do is I just become bigger than it, and it just gets really quiet over there like the birds in, in the spring. Okay, we'll do a quick reading. And this, is, this might be talking about that focus. Part of you, when we get into a meditation, it really involves a surrender of sorts, and we don't always feel safe enough to just step out of today in this moment because we've got reports, Leland has been busting our hump over and various things like that, getting, getting this done, getting that done. And um, anyway, uh, and so we get torn. We're being pulled out of that world. And it's not even really the mind. The mind's so scared because it feels it's going to miss something that it wants to keep your attention. Just comfort it. Everything is going to be okay. Exhaustion is another thing. I am not a doctor and I don't diagnose things, but I really feel like you might want to check your B, B levels. Um, there's, I just feel like, uh, to be, oh, that's cute. That's yeah. funny, yeah. Um, but I, I feel almost like I'm, I'm a little bit spacey. And honestly, I get that way sometimes. And I was doing some reading recently about the effects of B12 stuff. And I've known for many years the B1, B3 deficiencies can, it's all about brain. So you might want to just check into that and, and get more rest too, real rest. And that means surrendering to your sleep and just let come what may. And the breakthrough, that's when you really start having some changes. So thank you. Okay. And we have our next caller? No, no calls? No, good, okay. We're gonna be at Ruby good. Tuesdays shortly. No, just because uh, yeah. I now have the opportunity to Ruby's. say uh, Ruby Tuesdays, for example, and that we will be uh, doing a, a September version of the uh, mound, uh, yes. serpent mound. Yes, I'm planning that right now. Yeah. If anybody is interested, it's going to be Fun. This last trip, we'll talk about it next week, was the best time I've ever had. Oh, absolutely. I've been thinking of a group going to England to actually go to visit the crop circles, possibly Findhorn, possibly over into Scotland. If anyone is struck by this, let me know. We'll start to put together plans for this. It should probably be, well, it's mid-summer. It would be possible to do it before the end of the summer. Just Oh, no, I don't think we... Uh, it is possible. Okay. One minute. Okay. Well, why and don't we talk about that one when we're a little more cohesive, too? I'm just saying that I have this idea that I'm really called to do this since the crop circle, uh, since that consciousness is something I seem to be playing with, and we'll do that. Sounds so, like fun. Yeah, I think so, too. We have to get a passport. <laughs> and um, Who was it that said passport? Was that Lucy? Uh, more like Ricky, wasn't it? Yeah, but, but she was uh, making a joke of his passport. Yeah, that could be. Uh, so what else did we have to uh, classes well, coming up? Uh, I don't really have anything posted as of yet, but I will shortly. Mm -hmm. And um, and things like that there. 
Well, come join us at Ruby's if there's well, if you would like sometime. to. Come to the show sometime. Yeah, Thursday come Thursday night. night. Yes, and uh, it's a lovely experience. And our studio audience will give itself a hand oh, shortly. Oh, and here are some shibalings oh, yeah, we, we brought with us tonight. Has anyone wondered?